Welcome back to yet another week of Kent and the Steering Team for another week of fun and frivolity, I believe. Uh, as always, you are joined by myself, Phil, my good friends Bianca and Drew, but there is no Kent, unfortunately. He is um, off watching the Navy twerking video for research purposes, strictly, that is. Anyway, on with the show. Drew, how are you? Not too shabby. How are you? Oh, yeah. Terrified. Um, I've got something coming my way, but... Uh, Punishment! Yeah. Bianca, in the light of that, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm actually also very much looking forward to your punishment. Indeed. Jesus Christ. Okay. Do you want us to tell you what it is? Yes. Good. No. We're going to say a movie at any given point in time during this thing. There will be eight movies altogether. Yes. Yep. Eight movies altogether. And you have to very kindly describe them and describe how good they are and describe like a really good character, one of your favorite characters from mm. it. Like maybe your favorite plot point, just like... I'm horrified because I reckon you're going to pick movies that I fucking hate. Are you going to pick the Fast and Furious movies? Oh my god, I'm terrified about this. Okay, I don't understand how this works fully, but... Okay, um, on this episode otherwise, besides that um, fantastic um, little surprise for you all and me, um, this week lost a prince. Um, Prince Philip has left the world, uh, as well as... um, uh, as the we building. mentioned last week. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Yes, Philip no. has left the, the, the building. building. <laughs> um, but as we also spoke about last week, uh, that we were talk about this week, um, parents living through their children. Um, and uh, we mentioned at the top of the show um, a Navy twerking extravaganza. So we'll have some of that for Twerk. you as well. Should we start off, team, with um, the prince? Yes. Prince, the uh, the man formerly known as Prince Philip, um, because he is no longer now. Um, Prince Philip, he the died former. at uh, yeah the former. He's um, he died at ninety nine. He didn't make it to the one zero zero. His funeral was yesterday at the time of this podcast being released to you all the listeners. Um, mm. And as we are living in a Commonwealth country, and as this man um this prince being uh, an order of australia recipient thank you to our ex-prime minister tony abbott for that one we thought we should discuss him um and the queen and what we it all looks like to the commonwealth um and what what could it look like for the commonwealth as a result of something like this can i just say that i i like just slightly thing i like how people are questioning why he died and like trying to figure out the cause of his death other than him being 99 years old. He old. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's sad for the Queen because she's been with him for how many years since they've known each other since they were 13 or something, mm. which is like A really sad. late age well, to meet your cousin, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but he did have a very privileged life and it's sad, but also like it's okay because he was 100. 100 and a privileged man. Um, yeah. Enough said. Uh, but look, no, I mean, if we're looking at it in context of the Queen, um, what we often see is that when, uh, sometimes, not always, sometimes, um, in fact, this didn't happen in the case of both of my grandparents, but but normally what we see is is when, when one half passes on, the other half um, almost just out of sadness or heartbreak, Kind of gives up on life and then goes quite quickly after two. Hey, Philip, quickly mm. tell us the plot of the Fast and the Furious number one. Oh, fucking Christ. <laughs> <on the mic. laughs> um, so basically, this movie is um, 
about a um, undercover cop um, getting into the world of um, illegal um, street racing to try and understand more about um, a, a particular individual, Dominic Toretto. Toretto? Yeah. Uh, he and and basically his his gang or family, Miyama Familia, I believe. Um, and uh, then slowly falling in love with the family and 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 getting involved in it. Um, uh, and and spoiler alert, only to break the trust of Dominic at the very end when he turns himself in and reveals that he is a police officer. In fact, um, now if I had to try and describe my favorite character in this, oh geez, um, there's only so many. Um, I can tell you my favorite line in this movie. Huh. Yeah, okay, go favorite line. Okay, favorite line. What are you, sandwich crazy? Um, said by some shithead by the name of guy who likes the sister. Um, oh, I know who, who ran a car um, from his name. Who likes yeah, the sister. Who, who, um, who, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't appreciate the fact that um, Brian is always in the uh, the repair shop um, getting sandwiches, tuna sandwiches from the sister. The sister makes terrible tuna sandwiches, by the way, I remember. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he really is into the sister and um, really doesn't appreciate... He's, he's basically Dom's right-hand man and doesn't appreciate the fact that... Um, that Brian's always in there and in his face and in his place and eventually takes his place. In fact, there's a there's a famous scene in the movie where Dom actually gives This is so good. Gives, <laughs> Dom actually gives this guy's beer to Brian just to show how much he's been moved aside for not being there for Dom. Okay, perfect thing. Uh back to the Queen. I didn't think you'd have to cut him off. <laughs> I had to. Did we did we do we think that the queen's going to pass soon? That was the question we were asking. Yeah, yeah. that was really terrifying. That was really hard. Uh, I don't have the same level of. of There's seven more. For the, I don't have that same level of ability for them. You know, I've not seen the eighth one. Even God, better. here we go. I'll, I'll guess. I've seen the trailers. I, got, I know enough. Um, yeah, look, this is. Um, they're for stupid people. They're, I'll get it. Look, will the queen go? I nice, Phil. I, nice. Yeah. I don't think, think so. so. I think the queen will. Um, she's doing so well for someone of her age. She's 95 now. Mm. Um, and I think that she'll press on into her hundreds. But whether she remains as queen till then, dies as queen, I don't know. I, I don't know if it will be time for Charles. I mean, Charles is about at retirement age anyway. He's, he's after the age of retirement. He's normally. 74 now. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, Drew, I guess? Um, look, I, I, I went and looked up how long the Queen Mother kept going after George passed. And she went on for another 50 years. So, obviously, they were a lot younger. Mm. But I could still see Elizabeth reigning for... At least a little while. Well, she might that. reach her hundredth birthday. She's not that much. No, she's in ninety one, ninety two, or something. Yeah, I think she's got another six years or something, or eight years before she gets there. Who yeah, is? Queen Queen Elizabeth's almost a hundred as well. Yeah, like isn't Queen Elizabeth second? Yeah, yeah, like our queen. Well, yeah. she's ninety five. Yeah. Pardon? She's ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. So oh yeah, she's, she's ninety five. So yeah, she's another yeah. five years. She'll, she'll. I think she'll get there, but but my question is whether she'll get there as as queen. Yeah, like, do you think she'll step down? I don't know. Maybe she won't want to go to public things anymore. She could abdicate, which is perfectly well, reasonable. Well, I mean, again, she's the longest but, serving monarch in the but history. But if she would abdicate, would she abdicate to, to Charles, Charles or, or would to, Charles also abdicate? Well, the other question is, would she abdicate to Charles or would she abdicate to William? Because she actually does have the. I think she has the power to do she that. She does. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure. She, yeah, she has the power to do that. So if she dies, it's definitely going to Charles. But, you know, if she abdicates, she might give it to William. Because she is a bit pissed off at Charles. But do the people want to see Charles as king? Well, do, does Australia want to see Charles as no, king? No, I think that Australia should um, become a republic when the Queen dies. I think, I think the, I think the monarchy should die with the Queen, because who gives a shit? I, it's I, just tabloid. It's just tabloid now. It's not anything legitimate. They don't do anything for anyone. They are nothing but a famous family. I agree with you for the monarchy. Mm. However, I don't. I think that the Commonwealth should be something. I've always been of the opinion that the Commonwealth, because I've never understood the benefit of the Commonwealth, because mm. it makes no sense in a modern era when we're mostly self-governed. We just pay some taxes to the Commonwealth. We're basically we paying were, for the rights to to bear the name of being a Commonwealth for something that we don't want to be a Commonwealth with. But if we paid for the Commonwealth, <laughs> yes, and we used that to keep make ties with Canada, yeah, and England and New yes. Zealand in ways of like. Yes. We actually benefit with visas and programs and Which we don't at the we, moment. We don't benefit at all from the Commonwealth. When, when when the government were when when the UK government were talking about Brexit, they were talking about one of the big things that they could do now, which is bullshit, they could have done this at any stage. One of the big big things that they could do now is work on trade deals with other countries within the Commonwealth. Why you haven't done that so far, man? We are part of you. You could have done this with us the whole time. Yeah, we the, the Commonwealth them. No. The Commonwealth has been a part of England longer than the EU was. Well, well yeah. and, and not, again, as Drew said, the, the EU never blocked the UK from being able to do this. So what's ridiculous is that they're now talking about this idea that, oh, well, we're going to make partnership visas and free travel between Australia and the UK. Why hasn't there been that before? You shouldn't have to do it as a result of Brexit. And also, that's compared to free travel within Europe. I think that's actually second rate for the UK. But anyway, I, I just think it's stupid that when only now maybe considering this, and I think it's a little, it's too little too late to get like, the monarch. Both ways between the UK and Australia. Like I know people who've come here from the UK and because we have shitty visas, they can yeah. only stay here for a year or two and then they meet their partners and then it's hard. I mean, for you, Phil, yes. like mm. that's the situation you're in right now, Correct. kind of. Correct. Um, but like. It, it makes no got, sense. It makes no sense that we, if we are supposed to be mm. the one Commonwealth, which is literally what the word means. Mm. Why the fuck can't I mean in our ca- this case, Sarah just come out here and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm a part of the Commonwealth. Yeah, I mean it's look, have me. <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's a bit like um, you know, there's there's things like NATO, there's things like the EU. There are there are things that have that are already in existence. I know that NATO works differently, and it's not for the same reason. Um, APEC. Remember the entirety of Sydney shut down for APEC. Yeah. The G20 or the G8 summit, all these different organizations and things and, and trade groups and, um, you know, League of Nations of sorts, not the League of Nations, but Leagues of Nations. They've got some interesting um, names for all of them, don't they? Yeah, but but the fact that Australia doesn't, doesn't, uh, sorry, the Commonwealth isn't one of those things is a bit bizarre. So for the record, again, monarchy, love them or leave them, don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think we should leave, I think we should make the Commonwealth mean something mm. and mm. if queen elizabeth i mean when a queen elizabeth passes and we're in this new generation yes. i think maybe that's the next step yeah well well what does charles do well i mean because at this stage it's going to be charles what does charles do how does charles not that charles has any ability to to do anything as king Isn't except be- except maybe choose a different name 
What do you mean? He could take a middle name, could call himself King Arthur. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. once he becomes <laughs> king, he can choose whatever title he wants. Why? Why? But hang on. But if he... Okay. Okay. So I understand this. Let's say take Elizabeth, for example. She was... How old when she became queen? 20? Maybe? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. It was yeah. her jubilee. So that's what? 75 years? Yeah. I don't know. So that would make her, yeah, well, 2021. 20, okay. Well, so let's... Well, I can understand in that sense. You've only been alive, been alive for 20 years. Hmm. No. As a 20-year-old, that's your entire life. And you're like, I'm going to change my name now? I don't think so. But you but, might... But you might. She, she could have changed her name reasonably because her mother was Elizabeth. So she could have just used one of her middle names. I don't know what her middle names are, yeah, but, but if it was like Marie or something. To, but okay, this comes down to the whole thing of... This is a bit of a tangent. A bit like a celebrity. You know how like Tom Cruise isn't Tom Cruise? Yeah, Tom Mapper. Okay, he's still yeah. Tom. Who's someone who's got a completely different... Elton name? John. Elton yep. John. At Reginald home, Dwight. is he referred to as Elton at home? Or Reggie. Drinking? Or Reggie. Reggie, reckon? 100%. Yeah. But I, I've got a different but, surname online no, and for most but things. No, but that's not the same. I don't think that's the same extent as someone True. being... Because it's still refer- Bianca. It's just Someone a being surname. referred to like on a red carpet. Hmm. Um, Elton, Elton, or even being like talking about like, you know, on a press kind of press tour or something like that. Talking about, yeah, Elton did this, 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 and this. Or Elizabeth did this, this, and this. And really her name's like... Joanna, for example, you know, that sort of thing. But take Charles, for example. His whole life he's been Charles, and then suddenly he's going to be referred to always as, in every public setting, as King Arthur, Arthur, or something like that. Imagine, imagine being like, nah, stuff that. I want to be known as who I, I'm. I've as Charles have earned that right. It's to up be to him. Like, of he course can, it is. Yeah. But imagine him going, nah. You know what? In this second, I'm going to decide that I'm going to be Arthur at the age of seventy something. Suddenly go. Uh, by yeah. A look, name. I, I think it's. He Crazy, could. but the the re- reason why it was created was because they just had used the same mm. ten names over and over again, so that they could change if they wanted to. Not everyone chose to do so, but he could if he wanted to. Absolutely. And the handy thing about using the same name over and over is you can make slight alterations, like "Too Fast, Too Furious," of which Philip is going to give oh, us Jesus his favorite Christ. scene in the movie now. Um, well, quick quick plot summary. Um, obviously, um, we are now following. Um, as I believe it's it's a it's a um, now removed from the police force Brian guy um, who um, he gets caught up and go it goes horribly wrong for him. Oh, no, is it a prequel? No, 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 no. It's, a it's a sequel. It's, it is a sequel. Yep. Um, no, I was just questioning that out loud. There, I wasn't. I'm not actually that confused. But but basically, because he's now out of the police force, um, he then gets arrested and then um, is brought back in. I guess as a police. Officer to he gets promoted, Phil, very fairly. He yeah. breaks the law and then he gets promoted. And he gets arrested. And Makes gets, complete and sense, remember? He gets promoted yeah. into, being, into being this guy. How much do you love that plot line? Is a head in this task force <laughs> to try and um, uncover another illegal street racing linked um, ring by doing a job for this um, this like boat stealing guy who owns his own private lot. Um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when a car gets... Towed somewhere. Tow truck. No, but tow truck. When a car gets towed into a thing, junkyard, impound lot, impound lot, um, with boats. He's a boat stealer guy, um, and so to do this though, he goes, well, if I'm going to do this, um, the guy that he's linked to work with. My favorite scene is in the in the whole movie is is when the two scenes. Um, one is two. Tyrone. Tyrone. 
Is it Tyrone with him? Tyrese. 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 Close enough. It's a, yes, you know. two favorite scenes. Yeah. One of them is um, Tyrese too always. Fast, if you're one of them is Tyrese two always favorites. going to um, one of the opposite guys, the one of the other guys racing to get the contract and always calling him, hey, Fonzie. You know that? He always says yep. that. Yeah. Um, yep. He also still he's the guy's lunch all the time. He's always eating lunch. <coughs> you notice he always eats in every movie he's in. He always eats lots of food. Yep. Yes. Um, it's in the trailer too. I was yeah. actually watching My other order. favorite scene though is... Brian trying to um, vet his um, potential partner and um, talking about all the different um, things that he should do. Um, you know, what should, what should he do for his car? You know, should I use the like N2000 part or something like that? To which the guy goes, uh, N2, uh, N3000, N3000. He goes, hmm, it doesn't exist. I get to pick my partner. And so then he goes and picks Tyrese and then they have a big little scrap on the floor because Tyrese has an ankle bracelet on his foot and doesn't want to ever see his face again and then decides he's going to sign up and uh, be part of it. Excellent. So Queen Elizabeth and Prince (laughs) Philip have been together for a very long time. It is very sad. Uh, It's absolutely sad. And I think um, John (laughs) Oliver put it best to wrap this up. Um, It's difficult when a 99-year-old with such a checkered uh, moral history leaves us. Indeed. How do we view that? Goodness. Well, we'll come back after this commercial break to listen to more of Phil ranting on about Fast and the Furious and R.I.P. Prince Phil. Don't you know, jump it up. You've got to jump it up. No, 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 no. You're getting the lyrics wrong. Ever find you're constantly correcting people as they mess up the lyrics? Or maybe you're the embarrassed culprit. Whatever the case, we have the solution for you. Introducing the Lyric Master 9000, a new application for lyric correction. With this program, you can change any song's lyrics to become whatever you think they are. No more getting lyrics wrong. With Lyric Master 9000, the lyrics will always be right, no matter how you sing it. Available now on PC, CD, ROM, and 6-stat floppy disk. Don't you know, jump it up. You've got to jump it up. Alrighty, and we are back now. Uh, we mentioned last week that we wanted to talk about um, parents living vicariously through their children. Um, we, we, we talk about this because um, throughout last week, we are just having a discussion amongst ourselves off air, um, or in fact, not even during recording times. Um, basically, of, of kids that went to like our schools, I, I don't have any examples of this because my school is pretty boring, um, but Bianca spent a year at a performing arts school and Drew spent a year at a, well, all his high school years at um, a better school than ours. Um, <laughs> and, Much. Uh, yeah. yeah um, oh, Did your school have food tech? tech? Yeah, every Why school had, had food didn't. tech. Yeah, but Drew, didn't. but Drew, you had Yeah, but you guys went to Rome, exactly. so shut up. Well, I didn't go to Rome. Yeah, but you went to Canada. So yeah, anyway. Canada. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. We're, we're having a discussion anyway, about... Um, the show. <laughs> Precisely. We're having a discussion about um, seeing examples of this in, in our our own lives. Yeah. Um, I don't have any examples, but Drew, obviously you have examples. I want to give I want to hear an example from you, then Bianca, I want to hear an example from you. Wait, before we hear an example, yeah. Fast and Furious 3. Oh, okay. So this one, Drift. this one is one where the whole kind of franchise takes a massive um, step sideways. Um, obviously, the second one didn't feature Dominic Toretto at all. Um, I guess he hadn't become, as in Vin Diesel, hadn't become a massive part of the franchise fully yet or taken control of it um, yet. Um, so he was off this, making Triple X. Yes, he was often making a... Sh- instead the of making one Chronicles movie, of Riddick. No, no, not shitty movie. Sorry, instead of making one brilliant movie... No, no. 
instead of making one um, shitty movie into a series, he chose to return from said shitty movie to make a fantastic franchise in Fast and the Furious. There you go. He didn't let me finish, Bianca. <laughs> Doesn't it still technically call the first film a shitty movie, though? No. No. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Riddick oh, and Riddick. Triple X. Oh, yeah. okay. They're shitty movies. Not these ones. Not these wonderful pieces of work. Um, <laughs> uh, so the third one, um, we follow a young teenager um, who will return <laughs> later in the series um, at about 75 years old as a teenager. Um, we follow a teenager in um, who, who um, just stuffs up again and again. He's a bit of a... Um, a piece of shit at school you know he can't really concentrate well he's not doing very well he loves cars though um sean his name is i believe um he is a bit of a hooligan and chooses to race um a very um precious daddy's boy um and uh they have a race and then they crash their cars into a um housing estate kind of thing um or new property estate um Obviously, the rich parents can buy their kids out of any trouble. This kid, who has a very poor mother, can't do anything about it, and says, this is the last straw. You are going to go live with your dad in Japan. So he does. He flies over to Japan. and Tokyo, um, to be specific. Tokyo, to be specific, because we're talking about the Tokyo drifting scene, or Tokyo drift, as the movie's uh, called. Um, and so he, he goes over there and really doesn't fit in. He just really can't settle or, or find anywhere to fit. Except he has an American, um, he makes an American friend um, played by Bow Wow, um, or Little Bow Wow. I wonder if he was at the time. Um, and so, anyway, they get into the scene over there. Things aren't going well. He's um, making some friends slowly getting into this uh, scene. And, and then he does what he does best and tries to race the kingpin at the school, or DK, um, Drift King. And then it goes horribly wrong for him because he doesn't know how to drift. And he thought it was like a drag race like they do in America or like he was used to. So then they get into um, um, drag racing and he gets better and better and better and better. They do a little bit of touge. Don't know what touge is, do you guys? That's when you um, drift down a mountainside like they do in the, in the movie. And they nice. show the, the shot going through the phones and everything. Yep. Those flip phones, which because this movie takes place between the sixth and the seventh, uh, seventh and the eighth movie. Um, We're technically antiques technically antiques but they did that because they were really clever. i just think it's an old universe where it's japan Drew, no, is no, no, Drew, no, Drew, no it's not no, an Drew. old universe this is them being clever it's being really clever yeah really clever Let they're just go. throwing you off they're just throwing you off um so they do that um with their old flip phones that somehow have fantastic video quality this. but it's because obviously this is in the future not not now um not in the year 2001 or whatever it was so it's in the year 20 who knows what 20 something they have in japan so who knows um if that's where the technology comes from um anyway so that's where they do all their drifting and stuff like that it's brilliant han's introduced in that one but han dies in this one or does he we'll wait and see in the ninth film because somehow who knows? Okay, your favorite part before uh, we go too far. Favorite part of the film was um, the very start. Sean driving along has his crash. Um, this is still in the US, and at the hospital, he's sitting there and looking like completely fine. And the girl that was in the car, the cool guy that has the hots for Sean as the bad boy, looks over at him and then he smiles and he's got the completely like bloodied up, gammy mouth. From it looks revolting. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that is gross. Okay, yeah. Drew. Yes. Examples of parents living vicariously from your life. Go. Uh, so I've, I've got a cracker of an example. When we moved into high school, we were all um, excited to join the rugby team and there were there were a number of new students and one of these students joined the team much to um, his own annoyance. I think it was very much to fulfill the desires of his uh, New Zealander father who is a bit of a rugby tragic and 
just I, I I don't know if his dad made him or if he felt some compulsion to please his dad, but he joined the team and um, he made no <laughs> secret of the fact that he hated every second of it. So his misery and his inflicting his misery on everyone else just made it a very poor environment. So he got made fun of quite consistently and after two seasons he eventually quit so he was just there for his dad pretty much and was his dad like egging him on and oh yeah his dad was super supportive his dad owned a local wait but there's a difference between uh, we need to distinguish there's a difference between supportive parents and like aggressively so when I say supportive, here, supportive to the to the thing where it's not supportive anymore, it's actually aggressive and almost abuse. And it's and it's like you are doing this because I want you to do this, and you love this, right? Don't you? Don't you? And you I think love that's this. the distinguish. So that yeah, there was that. When I say supportive here, I mean he was supportive of the team as a whole, and had his business um, all over the place supporting the team and financially, sponsoring, and, yeah, yeah, a lot and of financial support. And the son support. had to be there. Yeah, and. Yeah, he... Um, Did the son well, only get into the team because of the amount of financial support the father threw around? No. Okay. No, this is, it's not that competitive at this point, ah. at this age, when you're 13. And he... It, you could see he just hated it. And after a couple of seasons, he finally quits, decides he's going to still play sport, but he's going to go play soccer instead for the local <gasps> club because the school doesn't offer it. Betrayal. And, and then, I love stories with good betrayal. And then his father still rocks up to training every week, even though his son no longer plays, and still rocks up to the games every week, still supports the team. Was he supportive or a pedophile? Supportive. Okay. Are you Alleged sure? Pedophile. Dead certain. <laughs> father adores the game like loves rugby more than life itself was it was it that the son didn't like the uniform or something no he just i mean boat shoes can get tiring i think he just didn't like playing a contact <laughs> sport <laughs> maybe <Sorry>. but <laughs> it's a boat shoe sort of sport isn't it uh, i love it, it um but yeah basically his father would keep coming to the rugby games while his son was playing soccer about 500 meters away, two fields over, and would never watch his son play soccer. Would that's, rather stay with us. That's really watch us play. sad. Like that's if, just showing, like hmm, you're dead to me. Then, hmm. yeah, that's really kind sad. Of felt that way. Like, I, so my my parents, my brother and I were actually talking recently about how our parents never came to anything. Like they were the complete opposite, unless we asked them to. But most of the time, we didn't actually want them to be there because yes. they were annoying. Yeah, I remember the one time my mum came to anything that I performed at, which was a school play, um, which I was, after the show had finished, all the teachers came up with me, like other mothers and parents Mm. came up to me and were like, you were so good. Mm. You did a great monologue, blah, blah, blah. I had to get changed on stage. So it was quite daunting that I had to be on my bra on stage at a Catholic school. I think about that now sometimes and I'm like, that's weird. and then I did all of Not this. really. I mean. Yeah, true. Um, I did all of this. I was very proud. My mother comes up to me yeah. and I'm like, everyone else has complimented me. Uh, my favorite teacher was standing next to me, Mr. Jacobs. And he's just said, you did a great job. Good on you. 
and my mum comes up to me and she's like, oh my God, Bianca, why did you wear a fluoro yellow bra? Really? Why would you do that on the middle of stage? And I'm like, oh, I've been on stage for an hour and a half and this is all you've said to me. Yes. So my mum was the complete opposite, but we did have parents at uh, when I went to McDonald College performing art school. Um, it, it was really oddly competitive but everyone was very nice to each other but it was also kind of like pressure yeah we're Um, best friends yeah Yeah. that kind of vibe all the time and i just couldn't hack it um because i'm not that kind of person if i like you i like you if i don't like you i don't like you and i don't hide that much Uh, but we there was one girl who her parents were like very they had like a rotary club kind of thing where Mm. parents would like constantly make it buy donations and pay things and Like these parents were aggressively uh, like used to make financial donations. I remember there was like a newsletter that kind of said how much, not how much, but like said which parents donated that week and their names were on there every single week. And the girl was legitimately a good singer. Mm. I'm not saying that she wasn't a good singer. Like Mm. she could sing with like Christina Aguilera. These people often Mm. do have talent though. It's just that the parents exploit like milk it for all it's worth yeah yeah. and she got like aggressively pushed into this and i don't know if she wanted it i think she enjoyed it but i don't think Mm. she wanted as much as her parents wanted it um but she got cast in everything and if she didn't get cast in everything her parents were definitely at the school asking why she wasn't cast in everything and i'm sure she heard it too like why didn't you do better yeah kind of so i don't know what happened behind the scenes because she was quite private about all that stuff Mm. But I know that her parents kicked up stinks with teachers a lot. Mm. Um, Well, and then at the end of the day, like I've still got her on Facebook and we're friends, and mm. like she's never done anything in music, never done anything with singing. She's just like a mother of two, Mm. got married Mm. young, and that's it. Well, now, now to be clear, we're not just saying that all examples of this um, um, are bad. You know, just like the news, we kind of are more drawn to the negative stories and that sort of stuff because. You know, it's 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 more more exciting. It grabs you more. But um, look, there there are um, good examples, and maybe you know some. Um, when I say good examples, positive examples. Maybe you know some um, positive examples. Maybe you know some negative examples. Um, if you don't, don't worry. The world of fame and fortune has you covered comprehensively. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I, if you heard that, someone was giggling along with us outside the, the room. Um, yeah, so fame and fortune have us covered. Um, we have big-time parents who we view as those that push their kids into acting or music um, and just outright take advantage of them. Such um, as all the parents from Dance Moms. Yes. And exactly. uh, Honey Boo Boo and what have you. Exactly right. You yeah. know, pageant moms. So, so there's big-time parents. There's sports parents, so those that will stop at nothing because their kid hit the big time. We saw that from Drew's example. We saw... Big time parents for Bianca's example. And then we have pageant parents. Just an extra um, situation there. And yeah, um, like yeah. Um, Honey Boo Boo. But as I, I wrote here as a note, just in his example, Honey Moo Moo. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, this I, is, I'm really sorry for this tangent. I have to say it. Honey Boo Boo's mom was like... So I watch a lot of E! News thanks to my mother. Mm. Um, Honey Boo Boo's mom was dating a man who molested one of the daughters and then got in put in jail with her and then she was still talking to him and everyone was like highly critical of her because she was talking mm. to him while he was in jail 
And so to distract everything, she went and got lap band and she lost a fuck ton of weight. And then everyone was saying how beautiful she was. But unfortunately, her head hadn't lost the weight. Oh. So she had, like, you know how some people, when they lose weight, their head doesn't lose weight? Oh, so she became a bobblehead. She still had, like, that giant neck on a really skinny body and it just looked so weird for a See, while. That, that requires some fitness to go along with that. Well, that. That requires surgery, to be honest. That what happened to her. Mm. She needed someone to like mm. get her neck tucked and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. But anyway, Honey Boo Boo's mom is just really fucked up. Well, let's hear some examples. Um, Drew, I want to hear from you. Whom, whomst is your example? Well... Let's take one of the most famous child stars of all time, Mr. Macaulay Culkin, and the turmoil that that family went through thanks to the parents. So when Mac hit the big time with Home Alone and Uncle Buck and all those early films, their family had nothing, like absolutely nothing. They were struggling to pay Weren't bills. Weren't they all living in one room? They were living in one room. Their father was an actor who had never made it big and... <laughs> Surprise. Here yeah. And the the parents were having troubles. The father was very intense and very determined to push his children into this career, hoping to seek fame and fortune through his kids and took... Mac's older brother to basically do an audition for a showcase and the people there saw Mac and realized he was the one with the talent so the father stopped grooming the older sibling and then just went into training up Mac and then basically he was taking all the money from his kid as as Mac and then Kieran and Rory, that, and Rory started acting and then as the parents were separating a few years down the road, they were fighting for custody of his fortune, not of him. That's sad. And then, then, then he divorced them and took his fortune with him. Didn't he also like take his siblings out? Yeah, didn't he adopt the siblings? Yep. Yeah, so so Not adopt, he was emancipated. So, he so had- Macaulay got emancipated. He basically took control of his finances away so that his father couldn't get any of the money Good. and then use the money that he got to help bail his mother out because his mum was basically broke from all the legal fees thanks to the dad. So he took care of his mum. She was also then, fighting over the fortune, so... Yeah, then took care of Kieran and then him and Kieran got custody of Rory. Yeah. And got Rory out of there. Has Rory been in anything else since science? Yeah, he was in... Uh, he was in a show recently. I was, was going to say he was in something recently, um, and I can't remember uh, what it the, is. The Stephen King thing, I think it was. The, the what was the the big Stephen King crossover show? The Dome. No, no, no. No, it, I know. It's the, like the, the whole, the whole Stephen King universe. Yeah, yeah, the more recent thing. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Well, it was on. It was on Fox not long ago. I can't remember what it was. But um, but yeah. Um, Kit Culkin was known throughout the industry because he represented his kids as their as their manager, but he was known for hustling deals to get more prominence and more money for his kids and to make sure that they were getting the spotlight every, anywhere and everywhere. And even Macaulay's attorney had made the comment at one point that he felt that the father was trying to live through his kids because he was never a big success 
<laughs> Probably that's, true. That's really sad. But I know, like, I know that Macaulay had, like, a lot of issues, but I it was... I don't blame him, though. No, no, I don't blame him at all. But I like the fact that Kieran and Rory didn't because of him. Like, he, he did stuff for them. But then, like, there's other family members, other mm. other Hollywood families like the Jenner and Kardashian crew. Yes. Who also, I feel like, fills this live vicariously. But I think it's also a bit more weird, not sinister. Well, well, if you think about the fact that, um, you know, um, if we're talking about Chris Jenner, that again, as, as the parent um, figure here, you know, um, I guess she would have enjoyed to live vicariously through her children um, during their sex tapes that got them into the industry. That's really gross, but I understand where you're going there. Yep. And, um, no, but like I look back at their, their interesting history sometimes because, again, I watch a lot of E! News. Thank you, Mom. Um, never on purpose. But anyway, so she... Maybe a little bit. Sometimes. Um, so they... She was always interested in getting to the Hollywood scene. So first she married Robert Kardashian, who was a very who like famous lawyer who's who Yeah, David Trimmer. Yeah, he, yeah. he represented a lot of um Hollywood, basically. And he had friends like O. J. Simpson, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh and then so this is the part part I find interesting with the Christiana thing of a lot of people go, Oh, you know, they kind of stumbled into this Hollywood life. Not really. When the whole um, O.J. Simpson Simpson thing happened, she like was on the news talking a lot. Like she not on the news talking a lot. Like she made herself publicly known. Mm-hmm. She was like happy to be snapped in front of the, you know, um, courthouse yeah. as Robert was coming out and all that. And um, then a lot of stuff happened after that. And then the, what I found most telling was the only thing that she was really known for was being O.J. Simpson's wife's... What was her name again? I've forgotten. The woman who passed, who got killed, and I can't remember her name. I'm very sorry for that. Uh, but she was known for being her friend and Robert's wife, yes. um, the lawyer's wife. And then she married, left Robert, married Bruce... Who was Bruce at the time? No, he. She married Caitlin. Anyway, <laughs> Bruce didn't happen. It was Caitlin. <laughs> and then officially. And then, like, she would invite E News to like her kids' birthdays when really they weren't really famous for much. I mean, Bruce was, but Bruce yes. had other kids, and they were never invited to those kids' birthdays. They were always invited to like Kim, Chloe. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Courtney. 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 Courtney's birthdays. It's, Never Roberts either, which I always building, found interesting. Building the base ground of the concept. Yeah, of so like famous for being famous. You can kind of see her trying to get her kids into the Hollywood elite, mm. and just like she sent them to all the schools that like the Hiltons went to, and like but how did she have the money? Because because um, Caitlin didn't have the money. Robert Ca- was Ca- rich. No, but Robert got a. She got a divorce from Robert. Yeah, but Robert paid alimony, and when he died, oh right, half of everything as well. Yeah, no. Right. And I think, I think to an extent, she got money from stuff that she did. But I don't ever know. I never really found out what she did. But she Sex then, tapes. then she like the fact that she, she her signature Rip. has been found on the sex tape release stuff, like, and then she's the one who 
produces all the storylines for keeping up with Kardashians. So she's obviously got a very underhanded method. And I love, absolutely love that every time drama hits the roof in the Kardashian thing family and it's trending on Twitter, Mm. um, there's at least 20 people tweeting out the devil works hard, but Kris Jenner works harder. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) And I absolutely love it. But she's basically, she's the storyteller of the family. Every drama that's happened, she has guided the narrative. Did she not get Kim in to be um, Paris Hilton's um, assistant or, um, you know, something to do with fashion? fashion Yeah, so she was friends... So Chris Jenner was friends with mm. Paris Hilton's mum mm. and Paris Hilton's aunts. Yes. And then once their family took off, because I watch Housewives and Paris Hilton's aunts are mm. main characters on the Housewives right. of Beverly Hills. Um, basically, once Kim's career in the Kardashian empire took off, mm. Chris stopped talking to them. <laughs> she was like, yeah, right. no. Um, but she was a part of that whole Real Housewives scene. of Beverly Hills scene, but she never shows up, which is also why, um, I mean, this is a long tangent, but Yolanda Foster, who I can't remember her last name now that she's di- divorced, David Foster, um, who is um, the mother of, what's Zayn Malik's wife's name? Bella Hadid. Yeah. Bella Hadid and Gigi Hadid. Um, the mother of Bella and Gigi Hadid, she was also that. That's why Bella and Gigi are good friends with Kylie and Kendall, because their mums were best friends, like really close friends, because right, they're all okay. a part of the same circle. Sad. But she doesn't talk to the Hiltons anymore. But it's basically she did it all for fame. Well, well, then quickly moving away from um, that family and moving into Fast and Furious number four oh, in the film. Jesus Christ! Take okay. it away, Philip. Um, okay, this one, because we don't have much time. This no, we one don't. was in, um, that's set in the Dominican Republic. Basically, the scene opened, the movie opens up with um, the Toretto's back at it again. Who's dead? To, huh? Who's dead? Who's dead? Someone dies. First in, scene. In, in the first scene of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Oh, um, uh, no, Letty doesn't die in the first scene of the movie. She dies later in the movie. Oh, yeah, the, sorry, the she dies right? soon. Yep. Are we talking about that Letty, one? Letty, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't happen at the first, first scene of the movie. That's the right end of the movie. First scene of the next movie, she comes back. That's yeah, why. Yeah, the first Come scene of the He's the expert. He's the one that loves these movies. Yeah, I love this stuff, man. Like, <laughs> listen to the consistency of the story. Come on. How can you not love this? Um, uh, so this one, there's um, the Toretto's back at it again, this time for an oil truck, I think, or a petrol truck or something. They're going down the hill, um, this massive long-ass hill. It's a sign of things to come in these movies. Long strips of road that go on longer than you think they will it's amazing um amazing how they find these uh, sets um so they are chasing off this truck and then the truck crashes and rolls over them and man you see some skill here where they're driving they manage to accelerate towards this truck barrel rolling sideways down the hill and they accelerate to the point where they can make it under this truck anyway um so brian then is around and he is a undercover cop um, undercover of sorts. He's wearing a suit now, so that tells you he's like high up in the police force of some kind. Um, so, um, and he's doing rooftop chases and stuff within the Dominican Dominican Republic, and he's then chasing this family into the Dominican Republic, and after them, just trying to investigate what's going on. Um, and um, it's all about smuggling things um, 
over borders because at one point there's a scene where they're chasing the cars in through um, cave systems to cross the border with like, all these like super modded up cars and stuff. It's fantastic. Um, what you'll start to notice in this film is that the movie starts to move away from fast cars or like hot, um, hotted up cars. Um, so the Fast and Furious no longer really is about the cars so much anymore. Um, but that's okay because that's this the is probably- a proper heist though yeah this is a stroke of genius comparatively yeah um uh but but the biggest part is um the main villain of the movie the main protagonist oh sorry antagonist of the movie um uh letty drives after him and then he crashes into her car and barrel rolls it and then quickly turns around and drives straight at it and like crashes it and the catches on fire and explodes and like she's over and out she's like she dies um and that's the way the movie finishes because the next one's all about a funeral at the very beginning, but then she comes back alive. We realize she's alive at the same time. So you're also just going to tell us about uh, uh, Agassi. Yes. Um, back to this uh, thing. So Andre <laughs> Agassi's father, Mike Agassi. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene, by the way, is the, the scene where they accelerate at the truck rolling down the hill. Next, I figured that much. It. You oh, wanted to do that. wonderful scene. Um, so uh, anyway, Andre Agassi's father, Mike, he's an ex-Olympic boxer from Iran. Now, Mike was a really hard man to please um, from Andre's um book or biography there's um, a part where he talks about how when he won wimbledon in 1992 um instead of his dad congratulating him on winning you know the biggest tennis tournament in the world all his dad had to say was something along the lines of that he had no business losing the fourth set something like that um but also um andre you could tell throughout his time in tennis started looking more and more uninterested and almost bored of what he was doing. He was he was massively successful, eight Grand Slam titles, or eight, eight titles. Um, but you could tell he was kind of getting worn out by it all, and it probably took its toll on him. He was successful, and his dad, I guess, was a success in doing what he was doing, but he really took its toll on his, his son, who, who didn't really you know, feel the passion of it, I guess. That's really sad for yeah. him. I mean, a, a great one. But would he have been as good if his dad was pushing him as hard as he would? Who knows? But is that all risk? But worth I think taking? that's the sad. Like we, that is the, the sad, sad thing. Part. What if they had a choice? Maybe, maybe Agassi's passion was not tennis. He was good at it. You can be good at something without having mm. your passion. Like, it, you know. Maybe he wanted to do pottery. Maybe he wanted to do pottery, and we no one was know. there to tell Cu- him. Curious. Go do po- curious. Pottery. Um, Kyrgios is an example of someone who um, his passion is basketball but his parents pushed him into tennis he doesn't want to be playing a, a sport that is so on your own and so isolating like tennis is he it wants is to be isolating. in a team he wants to be in a team and he wants to be and he's he's tall he's got the body uh, he's got the, the, the physique to play basketball mm. but he plays tennis he could be the world number one now but he doesn't have the temperament and he also doesn't give a shit because he would rather be playing a different sport but it's too late to be a success in another, in another sport, sport. Yep. it's too late for him to train it's too late for yep. him to get into that thing again parents and he didn't have a choice yep. yep but look on the topic of tennis parents we can't forget one of the most notorious ones from our childhood mm. bloody Demir Dokic mm. mm-hmm. absolute yes. um, menace who you know over the years it's come out about just the extent of how he physically and mentally abused his daughter, Yelena. Mm-hmm. Um, even as far as in June 2009, where he threatened the Australian ambassador to Serbia with a hand grenade <laughs> and got sentenced <laughs> to 15 months in prison. Can I just... This is terribly racist, but that's very Serbian. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, you, you don't let me play. I bomb your country. Like, I can say this. I'm wrong. I can do the accent. But that's, <laughs> that's like, that's definitely something a Serb would do. He still had the, he, he tried to appeal, but he wound up in prison for a year. He like, got out in April 2010. Oh my God. Um, but he also, I mean, we don't, we, we can't say it's all alleged or alleged. We believe allegedly that there was some um, stories that perhaps he was beating his daughter as well um, mm. for lack of results or what, but I don't know. But there was some stories out of that. I mean, but that almost, I mean, it's not, this guy's not as bad, but if we're talking about jail time, gee, bloody tennis, what the hell? It's mm. a cesspool of shonky parents. Um, I think John... because it is probably so isolating. Yeah, but the parents, come on, guys, you guys aren't on the bloody. Just you just sit on the chair. Is this why we didn't um, bring our parents to tennis? Yeah, last but no, night? no. But what I'm trying to say yeah. is the fact that in tennis, in in basketball, mm. if the team plays badly, mm. as well as your parents being going, "Wow, you played shit last night," mm. but you know your team played even worse. Yes. Yeah, you have. Yeah. There's someone else to divert the blame yeah. to. Um, Whereas was, in tennis, it's just you. That's true. I was going to mention um, John Tomic, um, basically the dick that used to tend. He 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 would turn down people like Leighton Hewitt um, just for a hit out, you know, practice basically, saying that my son's too good for you. So no, it's not going to happen. Like Who's, John, John, what's Tomic's son's name? Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. 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 So Tom is I uh, uh, John. Don't follow sorry. tennis. That's fine. John is a shithead as well. Um, but. Let's get to our what the quote. Um, yes, do I have to do any more films for this segment? Uh, quickly do number five. Number five. Okay, number five. We get introduced to um, Dwayne Johnson in this one, I believe. Um, we're dragging a safe around um, a lot of um, a Rio. South American country. It's Rio, is it? Yeah, it is Rio. Yeah. I was trying to think if it was uh, if it was because Sao Paulo is not a little bit. Okay, it's Rio. Yeah. Um, dragging a safe along the ground. Um, this one's not the one with the runway. Nope. Um, that's the next one. This one, the safe gets wedged. Um, the, the, the biggest part of the movie for me is probably when the safe gets wedged on a bridge. There's a bridge. Um, they have to try and get, there's like a tank parked there with, well, not a tank, like a tank thing, like a, um, an armored vehicle. And the safe is teetering between two bridges and they have to try and get the safe, uh, off yep. the bridge that's a pretty impressive scene and then yeah Letty but also again um, Brian's still in his suit now because again he's high up in um, police mm. force um, and still you know running rampant in other countries where he doesn't have any jurisdiction but no that's the genius of the film they write it in so that he does have jurisdiction they change international law so that way he does have jurisdiction it's pretty clever great film great writing um, anyway he um, yeah he he, he 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 basically is is in some ways working with Letty I believe um, or not working with her, but but there's some sort of connection, and I think that's really clever. Everyone has to go and check out the fifth one. Fifth one's probably the most doesn't, memorable of doesn't all. Doesn't Letty films. have amnesia? Letty's not in the fifth one. No, Letty's not. Let's in the just fifth be one. clear. No, but the funeral's at the start of the fifth one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But he's working with the other, the Brazilian chick. The one that's working with the Rock. Yeah. 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 Elsa Pataki. Yeah, but but we're, we're, but why. we start hearing rumblings of what Letty is throughout the fifth one. We don't see her because she's we? dead, but you start to hear about her. Wow, you know the, more of these films than I, I do. Look, yeah. I, I listened to a commentary of the films while watching the films, okay? What's your podcast? Know? That's intense. Yeah. Okay. Okay, favorite scene quickly? Uh, favorite scene is... Um, 
probably yeah the, the safe scene the safe um, scene yeah. okay cool yeah. but on the bridge safe scene well yeah. um yeah Let's Look, there are yeah. plenty of shitty parents. I'm pretty sure that Dom and Brian will grow up to be one of them. Some of them. Seeing as they're always fucking up everything else. Uh, Brian will be a... Well, Brian... Will Brian be will be an amazing a dad. A wonderful parent um, off screen. Yeah. Yep. Completely off screen. And that's where we're going right now as we take you to a... Com- no, what the quote. Yes. Alrighty, and now it's time for our What the Quote. Now, if you can remember, our quote from last week was, What Drew? I'm listening. And that, of course, is Fraser Crane from Fraser. It wasn't called Fraser Crane, was it? It's no. just called Fraser. Yeah, it was just called Fraser. Um, now, uh, Bianca, what is the quote for this following week? And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. And if you know what that quote is from, reach out to us on all the usual social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you can find. Anyway, back to the show. And we are back. And Phil, just for time's sake, we're going to throw you right in there with Fast and the Furious 6. Sorry, it's called Fast and Furious 6, not The Fast. Go. Thank you. Uh, this movie is all about the runway, um, basically. Well, there's about there's about... 45 minutes of other movie and there's about an hour and a half or so of um, plane trying to take off on a runway. Um, again, fantastically shot, man. They, they made that, um, you know, two kilometer runway or whatever it is, feel like about seven weeks long. Um, fantastic movie. Um, if you're into cars and you like seeing people shift um, gears at a rapid pace, man, you're going to love this. There's plenty of it. Um uh, the movie, though, is all about basically um, Letty comes back into our lives properly. We now see her on screen, and uh, she's a villain. She has amnesia, but she starts to come back to us. Um, as is the joy with the runway. There's plenty of time to get to know your characters when they're driving along this runway after this plane as it slowly tries to take off. It's a very heavy plane as it tries to take off, obviously. Um, the Rock is in there, and The Rock is after them as well, but he's soon to be our friend. Um but we'll leave that one for the next one. My favorite scene in this one, um, probably Brian's panic um, in chasing after the airplane. Just there's a certain part where he looks completely panicked and it looks a bit ridiculous, but he he's on it. He knows exactly what's going on. He's panicked, but he's concentrating. Watch it. Um. So just quickly, someone has calculated that they were on mm. the runway for 13 minutes. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, if the if the runway is um, seven days long and that plane's going as fast as it can, it makes about it's about right. So someone calculated that that the average speed to get takeoff is 120 miles per hour, which is like 193 mm-hmm. kilometers an hour. Um, so two miles every minute, um, 26 miles, 42 kilometers is what it should be. Mm, it's about right. Yeah, that's about the average length of the runway, though. Pretty that's, much. I mean, this film's pretty accurate. That's just wait till we get to the seventh one. You're going to hear some accuracy. What's the detail? What's the, what's the, how long, like from here to where is 42 kilometers? A long way. Yeah, that's pretty far. Um, anyway, let's yes. go. Um, <laughs> let's get into it. So yes. basically if you've been living under a rock um, or not in Australia, you by now have probably heard of Twerking Gate. Um, it's now been trending on the news for a couple of days in amongst obviously Prince Philip's funeral and everything like that. But um Basically, at the launch of a Navy ship, um, the HMAS Supply, I think it was, um, 
there was a celebration with um, like a, a navy, or the navy was basically trying to engage with the local community, and they hired some locally, um, or some local dancers. So supply and demand. Oh, so the dancers were called the One Hundred and One Doll Squadron, and were scantily clad, according to some disapproving Twitter users. And the whole act was deemed inappropriate for the audience, which was supposedly, allegedly, the Governor General and the Chief of the Navy. Um, It was organized by the Department of Defense events team, and it was to launch the $2 billion ship, which I still don't know if the ship's a supply ship or if it's called the HMAS Supply. I'm not quite sure why they would call a ship supply. But every article I looked up said it's the HMAS, HMAS supply. Well, because that's the um, Her Majesty's A ship. What's the A stand for? Her Majesty's artillery ship. Artillery ship, probably. Yeah. But like some ships are called Mary, and some ships are called Douglas. What? Douglas. Like, why is this called supply? Maybe well, they've an... decided to start going a little too literal. Well, there's an. There's this is a supply ship. An albatross ship. <laughs> but, re- but really the interesting part was that the ABC reported on it and when they put together the footage they had it appearing that the governor general and Her the head Australian of the navy ship. sorry Her majesty's australian ship Her majesty's australian oh, ship ah oh. that's a crap oh that's why it's hms yeah, just in you hate her majesty's ship yeah. and we have the hmas yeah and the titanic was the rms the royal mail ship and if the queen dies it'll be his thank goodness they both start with h yeah how anyway. convenient well but yes the uh the footage from the abc would have you believing that the governor general and the head of the navy were watching on in disdain at the performance However, through some very nifty editing, Mm. that was not actually the case. The governor general and the chief were not actually there for the dance. They were there for the launch. However, they missed the dance that had happened earlier in the day. So they had taken that footage and gone ahead and spliced it in with the dance. Uh, the ladies have since made a media statement saying the 101's Dold Squadron members have been under personal attack on all media platforms since the weekend, and now we feel unsafe. Ugh. We are very disappointed at the ABC's deceptive editing of their video play- piece, which cuts to guests and dignitaries who were not in attendance and shooting from angles which could not be seen by the audience. We found this very creepy <laughs> and reflects more on the ABC's camera operator and their need to sexualize these women's women and their dance pieces for their own gratification some of those camera angles they're talking about is that they got like really low and under their asses and took some yeah very but can i can i just say that camera operators will only get the shot that they're being told to get in their earpiece by the producers not not just that yeah no not not just that though but they don't want to be blocking the view of the audience they're obviously going to move to different positions and not block the view of the audience present that's true um but i'm just saying the thing the Governor General is David Hurley and the Chief Michael Joseph Noonan. They definitely weren't there. They they have even said, come mm. out and saying like, no. Nah, well, we. I just think that the timing of this is pretty unfortunate considering um, the scandals going through poli- uh, Parliament House at the moment. I just don't think any sort of... And the ABC link... is technically a governing, government body. Yeah, I just don't think that any sort of link like this is appropriate, really. But... Um, <laughs> Guess who uh, decided to say something? The man who makes all the wrong statements at all the wrong times? Our Prime Minister. 
Scotty um, from marketing. Yeah, yes. he he uh, he had to say that uh, he's disappointed that the um, event or this event was so misreported. I think that that was disrespectful to the performers to suggest that the Governor General or others were in attendance in that way. I don't know what he's getting at there because why couldn't they be there? What's so wrong about the Governor General there to enjoy the show being put on for the community? What what what, are he, what is he suggesting? Um, anyway, uh, he continued to say that um, I think it was very disingenuous and I think that standards have failed, Morrison said at a presser today. This was um, from um, Thursday um, last week, the 16th or 14th, the 15th. Got all the days there except for the one that was. Um, continuing, he said this case by the ABC was wrong, false, and misleading. I think that was very disappointing. Isn't it interesting, Mr. Morrison, that you find something disappointing. very disappointing? That's much how all of us really feels about yourself. It's Look, he could well be the first PM in history to criticize the ABC. Well, the first. Let's, the, let's enjoy that for a second. Yeah, the, the very first. Um, or at least the first liberal. <laughs> The first liberal, um, among many others, to be the first to criticise the ABC. Exactly yeah. right. Mm. And cut funding to them, I wonder. Uh, before we go on, Philip, seventh movie. Uh, seventh movie. This is the one with actually probably the nicest film of all the films. I mean, it's hard to pick of all the films. But the nicest scene, um, the very end scene with the wonderful song by Wiz Khalifa and Old Mate, whatever his face is, um, as we say goodbye to... Ludicrous. Um, no. <laughs> No, not As that song. As we say goodbye to um, uh, Paul Walker, um, who was killed during the making of this film. Um, there is a wonderful farewell to him. Um, and uh, though this film isn't about that, that is just the final moment, talking all about family, um, white cars driving off and splitting off into the distance. But this film um, uh, pretty much is all about... Um, then them trying to again it's like heists of sorts um they've got a uh car in it that um or well, several cars that fly out of a plane it's not the same plane from the movie that we saw statham maybe. is in it statham is in it he's uh, mm. sure we are introduced yeah. to um, the other sure the other sure not sean we do talk to sean though from the third one again he's still 16 years old or 15 years old um, 17 17 okay but he looks like he's about um no he looks like he's 17 he's a very um old 17 that's for sure by about 20 or 30 years but definitely 17 um and uh so we jump all around the world we go and reintroduce ourselves to han because han has gone back to or um to japan um in fact han died between the two between six and seven he died because yep. because between the two of them when he's there we go and at the very end of the third movie, that's when we see Dominic Toretto go there to try and race Sean to talk about what happened to Han. Which is in the seventh movie. Which is in the seventh movie. We go and do that. Um, and Letty's back on side now. They go to Dubai and they um, drive some cars. We find out Statham killed Han. We, we go and um, with some accelerating for the cars, very short running um, runoff speed or takeoff speed, but they do it somehow. They drive the cars through bulletproof glass in um, this high rise into the next building. They make the, the about 100 meter gap between the two skyscrapers into the next building and then do it again. It's fantastically well shot. They do it so fantastically in this movie. Just like the scene where the cars fly out of the plane and they parachute down and then Dominic Toretto, while driving along, then um, drives off a cliff accidentally and tumbles down. But he's absolutely fine. There's no harm done. Um, he's in perfect condition and keep driving. Favorite scene? Uh, favorite scene is probably definitely the scene where they're in 
the Dubai skyscraper and they're trying to break in and steal the car from inside the safe on like the hundred and something floor of this building. Okay, back to Twerkgate. Um, so Scott Morrison did criticize the ABC. Um, there was a lot of attack under fire. A lot of people called it inappropriate, but I don't. I don't think that it's a I don't think big what, deal. It was a pre-entertainment thing. I don't think that was inappropriate. I just think that the timing of having um, a dance, not it wasn't an erotic dance. That's the thing that people are kind of making the assumption that it was. It wasn't. It was just a dance group dancing. Yeah. But I just find... Look at how um, 16-year-old cheerleaders are dancing at college football games. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I just, I just, I do just find it. Um, it's bad timing, bad timing with what everything that's going yeah, the on. To be organizing, um, and it yeah. is a government body that's organized, right. and the ABC exploited it, which is another government body, and now, yeah, this is all happening. But um, ABC has, I, ABC has since issued an apology, saying ABC News original social media video about the Royal Australian Navy's launch event for HMS. HMAS Supply on the weekend featured a performance by Dance Group 101 Dold Squadron that included a cutaway shot throwing showing General Governor General David Hurley and the Chief of Navy and Chief of Defense observing the performance. This was incorrect. While the Chief of Defense was present, the Governor General and the Chief of Navy in fact arrived after the performance. Our reporting team initially believed they were present for both because they were shown in footage of the event and because a government MP had said that they were present. The video should not have been edited in the way and in that way, and the ABC apologizes to the Governor General and the Chief of Navy and to viewers for this error. I don't see what the issue is. Are you saying I, that I, the, I, the Governor General was was like viewing this inappropriate? Like what are they saying? Who cares if they were there so or not? So a lot of people on Twitter came out and were like, Oh, it was really inappropriate for, you know, the Governor General and the Chief of the Navy to be there and this was all happening and but it's not. That's for the it, the government are owning the wrong part of this. The government I, are owning the I fact that they weren't there rather than being like, what the fuck are you talking about? I have to say for the thing, that this performance, I don't necessarily think was appropriate for this event. No. If I was organizing this event, maybe I'd get the army band yeah. to come in or Correct. the navy band, sorry, to come in. And yeah. then, or maybe if they wanted to support locally you know, local things, maybe get the local school but I to think, perform. But I think that they're defending this in the wrong way. They're defending they def- this as if saying agreed. they didn't do anything wrong. Like, No, yeah, the dancers didn't do didn't. anything wrong. But that's it. So say that if they were there or not, what does it matter? What are you saying, audience? Turn it back on us rather than being like, oh, the, the, yeah. they weren't there to see the inappropriate I, dance. It wasn't. I think, I think the problem is that everyone's attacking the dance and the dancers. Mm. When I don't, I think the event organizers should be like, what were you thinking? Mm. Because it's not, look, it's not overly sexual. I don't think it's overly sexual. I just don't think it's appropriate. It's like, correct. Mm. It's like having a samba dancer at a funeral. Correct. Yep. It doesn't make much sense. No. Um, No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Can we appreciate for one second though that, it doesn't take away from the fact that the Governor General and the Chief of the Navy were both watching in disdain. So even though they weren't watching the dancers in disdain, clearly they were yeah, disdainful there was something, there about was something. something in the ceremony. Yeah, there was something that was annoying them. 
Um, but I think it was just generally a shitty day. Like, like there was the, from the video, it looks like they were all facing the sun and everyone was squinting Not about. A great time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that sound can mean only one thing. That does bring us to the end of the show. And just before we get to our sick Kent of the week, I need to tell you about the eighth movie. Yes, you do. Um, yes, you do. The movie that I've not seen because, man, I just can't bring myself to watch this wonderful, wonderful Because you don't want it to end. I know you. I don't you. want it to end. Exactly right. It's okay. There's three more. Um, but you know what? The ninth one is coming out now, so you can watch the eighth one. We'll even watch yes. it with you and then we'll take you to see the ninth <sighs> one. You we have, know how excited you, you are. We'll even know you a leader of cola. You have no idea how excited I am for that. Hold idea. on with that. I don't know if I can afford that shit a liter of cola at the cinema that's a lot yeah um, no no so no no we'll get this, it at coals in ah. this movie um we see this um I, I i will look i mean let me just tell you the highlights of what i'm excited to see i'm gonna tell you what i'm excited to see i'm so excited to see these guys on ice because they've no other point in the film <laughs> on ice. i'm so excited to see them on ice i'm so excited to see this um submarine car come up from underneath and shoot the um the rockets at the car on the surface Man, that just scene looks so incredible. I'm also excited. I've seen some behind-the-scenes footage of them throwing a whole bunch of cars off of a multi-story car park, I believe, down onto the ground. That looks sensational. I can't wait to see that. Um, if I had to pick a scene that I'm most excited for here, doing a um, um, prospective, I guess. Um, I'm excited for the um, ice scene, because that's the one kind of um, surface that we've not seen them driving in. We've seen them in, 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 in greenery. We've seen them in deserts. Um, we've seen him in the air even, and now we've seen him on ice. So bring it on. Um, and you're done. Yeah. Sick end you of the did week. It. You've done your punishment. I'm well very done. proud of you. Sick end of the week. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this again. Sick end of the week. <laughs> I think Prince Phil. Prince, Prince Phil for leaving us two months early before you got your letter from your wife. <laughs> you are sick end of the week. Muzzle tov. Drew, That's thank you. Thank you, Phil. No worries. And thank you, Bianca. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, boys. Until next week, uh, we say... Yep. Yep.